0: My girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked-about bloggers in the country. I look up, opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend, the yin to her yang, the Gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one; just ask her. A show for queens by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girl.
1: It's it's the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Now,
2: Annalise, it's nice that I've got no friends. Mm, except have, me. Yeah. I have a big following, and that's why, because I've got no friends, so I share everything online. Mm. Um, so I was sitting at home and I'd had a few ones, and I thought to myself, I need to, you know, push this and reach out and get friends and not just like hang out with my other friends that live on the other side of the country because I see them once a year. Mm. So I made up this group message, and it consisted of about 15 girls, and they're all from all different walks of life, all different ages, different places. And they all lived in Margaret River where I live. And I was like, let's do a girls' night in three weeks, you know, on this date. And the response was phenomenal. I thought I was going to be like, Nigel, no friends. Like, oh, sorry, guys. Busy. Let's cancel. Yeah, Mm -hmm. busy. Let's not do it. But no, everyone everyone wanted to come. So the week of, I got my usual social anxiety and decided to cancel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I sent sent a message to the group. And I was like, hey, guys, I know we're all really excited, but, you know, um... I've still got my kids and it's just a little bit too hard. No, they didn't let me cancel. They said, you will find somewhere for your children. You are coming on the girls' night and it's going to be great. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do it. And you know what, Annalise? It was the best thing I have ever done and I highly recommend putting it yourself out there to people yes. that you don't really know, like, you know, people that you might have only met once or twice mm. and that you'd like, that you enjoy their company, you'd like to see them. Don't just wait for friendships to form. As adults, We actually need to push these friendships.
1: Oh, you know me, I'm a massive fan of the creeping on other women.
2: To be fair, you were my inspiration for writing the group message. I was like, what would Anne's do? Anne's would act like a Nigel no friends loser Mm. Mm -hmm. and tell everyone how lonely she is and demand company.
1: Look, if I'm being honest, I am happy for you, but I got a little twinge of jealousy when I saw that you had a night out without me, which is natural. You know, natural. Because you're always up
2: for a big night out.
1: I know, but we live on opposite sides of the country. But I did feel like I got to be part of your big night out when I watched your Instagram story. And here's some audio from my favourite highlight (laughs) from that night.
2: It's my carb freak kebab. I actually ate it inside out. (laughs) (laughs) It was a salad, basically. That is my favourite. It was a salad. (laughs) Okay, I actually did. I ordered a kebab and I ate it with a fork and I just ate the lettuce and meat because even in that state, I don't do carbs. I'm I'm so
1: proud of you, babe. Do you know what
2: I mean? Like, that Mm. is, that's dedication. It is. But, yeah, no, the um, the kebab shop at the end of the night is usually the highlight for me.
1: Yes, well, I'm going to be sharing that video on our Facebook page, (laughs) The Queen Session. You can see... Constance Hall, waving her poor, sad, flappy (laughs) little piece of... Uh, Kebab bread around in the air for the world. I, to my see. phone
2: needs a breathalyzer because I cannot Instagram story at that time of night. It's just wrong.
1: <laughs> I agree it's and okay. relatable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. Hey, Thanks. Kath,
1: how you going? Hi, ladies. How are you? We're good. We're so excited to have you on. We've been wanting to reach out to you for so long, and oh, thank you. you are really Australia's favourite midwife. You're an author. You've got a podcast one series now, Birth, Baby, and Beyond. You've delivered over ten thousand babies in your career.
3: Yeah. Wow. Do you I still have. deliver babies, Kath? I do actually. I've got um I've got one coming up at uh, near the end of November. So, um yes, I do. And wow. it always is such a thrill. I must say, you know, like every time a baby's born, I still get that, oh, my God, it's just amazing, you wow. know? Wow.
2: So what is it, about
3: 70 grand to get you to deserve a baby? <laughs> well,
2: that's to get out of birth. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs>
1: all right, so midwife Kath, Constance Hall, as you may or may not know, has seven children under her house. Oh, with, wow. all that, with all that wealth of experience, she still has some <laughs> advice that she needs from you. <laughs>
3: What is it, babes? Well, there's... Constance, I'm the youngest of eight children,
2: so I oh, might be able to. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh. I love big families. Uh, I yeah, know, like, People from big families really get me. <laughs>
3: and good for you having that many kids. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah.
2: I love them. But there's one thing, Kath, that I never nailed, and that is I'm a co-sleeper. And um, I love co-sleeping. I just think it's saved my life because, you know, and the first couple of babies I sort of did the whole getting them up, putting them in the bassinet, rocking them back to sleep, and I just was so exhausted. So it's been very – it's definitely been very relaxing for me having Raja. But the one thing I've never nailed with co-sleeping and breastfeeding is that they see – the babies get addicted to sleeping on the boob. And if you have them in a bassinet next to you, then you can slowly teach them, you know, one – one to two, three night feeds, but I feel like every single co-sleeping baby I've had eventually goes, works their way up to like eleven night feeds, and I don't yeah. know how to stop them. How do you stop? How do you stop them?
3: Because you're right there; they smell you. Well, they do, and um, I, I did the same, you know, with my son. Um, so I know exactly what you mean, and. Um, it's us, and I think most women at some stage co-sleep with their child, um, even though everyone's so frightened to do it and everyone thinks it's a big taboo. Um, I think, you know, women get so so tired that they just need their baby in bed with them, you know, and, and do it mm-hmm. safely. Um, now I've forgotten the question you asked me. <laughs> how, how, how do you, I get
2: him to, like, minimise his night feeds?
3: Oh, well, you won't. As long as if he's in there <laughs> with you, you won't. No. Okay. Do you know what? That, that, that's, that's good what, to know. That's what <laughs> co-sleeping is all about is snuggling up to you and just drinking. And drinking all night. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you find <laughs> yeah. that hard in the day, though, Con? Does he want to feed all day as well? No. And, okay.
2: I feel like because he's quite a solid baby. I feel like he's really carb loading at night. And then he's like, yeah. okay, during the day I can leave him for a few hours with my husband and go off and work and he's fine.
3: Yeah. I I I it's I, I agree they they do tend to suck a lot and then they you know if they wake up or stir they just um you know snuggle up next to you and then suck again and um mm. you know have a, and, and it's not just what people call snack feeding which I really hate that term because every time a baby sucks they're actually drinking and getting milk yeah. um and um so so yeah you know it's it, that that's, that's the whole part of, of co-sleeping is to, is to have them close and, and to feed them a lot overnight as long as you can sleep with it.
2: Yeah, and I can. I can actually sleep through it. But, um, yeah. so being a bit of a demand feeder as well, the more children that I had, the more relaxed I got, and the more I realized it didn't really matter. Would you say to people who had, were on to like baby number one or maybe ba- baby number two, that it's okay to relax a little bit on this whole stretching the baby out for three to four hours? And routine. Oh, I
3: never, ever, ever stretch any baby out, it's wow. just like. It's 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 just feeding your baby, feeding your baby, you can't overfeed your baby and it's absolute utter nonsense you know, stretching babies out. Absolute utter nonsense. And that's um, so cool, but why do they tell us to do it? Because it makes our so bad. So bad and the and these beautiful young months of today and you know, I'm so stressed out. I've got so much anxiety about feeding, and I feel like I just say, just feed your baby. If your baby's mouth's open, feed it. You know, like yes. it's okay. You and um, I mean, the baby's the baby's body and brain is growing so much, especially in that first year. It's never repeated the the, the growth it's done. So, so it has to have so many calories, and the only way it's going to get calories is not from a dummy, and it's not from stretching out, and it's just mm. from milk. So I don't know why everyone has got this and it's the professionals, you know, who are saying, and I'm the radical professional, I must say, um, (laughs) who are just saying, you know, stretch your babies out or your babies are too fat or your babies are too this. They're putting on too much weight. It's absolute crap.
2: Wow. We need to get this message out there, Kath, because this is what they say to you in the hospital. I've had twins as well, so I've had midwives coming in, not not feeding yet. You need to push it another 20 minutes, and it just feels so unnatural.
3: So unnatural. And, you know, I say to all my mums, um, all my beautiful mums, I said, put your head in Africa, like... (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, let's get back down to nature, and without being a bit, you know, uru guru, but let's get back yeah. to nature and just think about what women do back in the culture and what we did back in the cave and what we what women did in the villages and yep. they just fed their babies and passed them around to feed them and keep them alive. Basically, we actually a did, did just put my out. head
2: in Africa, and you're completely right. That's what they were doing. Everybody was holding my baby like it was theirs, and I just got back from Bali with some Indonesian. Woman breastfed my baby, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: okay. You know,
2: if, I love you, you know, Kath. If Kath thinks it's okay, it's okay, Con. Uh, yeah, Kath. Everybody needs an auntie like you. <laughs> Kath, thank you so much for
1: your advice and, and chatting to us today, Con. I hope that you know made things more clear for you. And
2: absolutely, I want to know where we can follow you, Kath, because I think that your um, advice would be really
3: handy for so many women. Well, I just, I just really like common sense advice. You know, it's, it's Mm. none of this, just, just common sense and just feed your babies. So, um, (laughs) I'm, I'm mad on Instagram. So midwife cat. And, um, I have a a webpage, which is midwife cats village where I give lots of information about mums and, um, for for babies about, uh, lots of information that, uh, to make mums feel less anxious. We've just got to enjoy and be happy.
2: Yeah, sounds like a great place to go because it's all about just learning to relax and trust yourself. Thank you so much, Kath. Thanks, Kath. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, ladies. Bye. This is The Queen Sesh. Last week, something that has happened to me time and time again has happened to me once more. And what is that? (laughs) My (laughs) nipples have been removed from Instagram. Well, there's something
1: you don't hear every day.
2: My but nipples. maybe in the case of yourself, <laughs> yes, quite I often. do hear it every day. But yes, once again, Annalise, my nipples were pulled down from Facebook because I was breastfeeding my son and he stopped feeding because obviously I was Instagram storying and he thought that was more interesting than drinking. And my nipple was just left there. And someone's obviously reported it because they were highly offended by the fact that my nipple was attached to a female breast instead of a male's pectoral. Mm. And Instagram removed the picture. What I don't get, it's not our fault that men get so turned on by our nipples, you
1: know? Do you think that it would have been a man that reported you or a female?
2: Not that many men look at me. I reckon it was probably a real prudish woman who just didn't want to see it.
1: Mm. So set the scene. So how how long was the nipple? out on display. I mean,
2: an Instagram story is fifteen seconds. Yeah, so it couldn't have been more than fifteen seconds. It was probably out the whole time. My nipples are always out, like mm. literally always out because it's I've a had common a problem. Yeah, so they're too high. But my point is, I'm really turned on by d- muscles. Okay, you know those muscles that go down a man's tummy towards their d- and mm. they are just yeah that turns me on. But do you think that I can get them banned from Facebook? Probably not. No, I've sexualised those muscles, mm. I will admit. They've become objects to me. But no, they're not going to get banned from for only my nipples because someone else has sexualised them, and they're the last, the least, most least sexual thing on my body at the moment.
1: <laughs> well, we'll leave that one for the <laughs> imagination just simmering over. No, but... I can share. <laughs> no, 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 go to the Queen Sesh page. <laughs> Do you agree with Instagram removing Con's post for exposing her nipple? Call 131060. We'll be Free taking. Nipple. <laughs> we'll be taking it goes next is the
2: Queen Sesh.
0: Yeah. This is the Queen's
2: Sesh. And at least I've had yet another story removed from my Instagram because a dirty little female nipple made its way onto the screen. Oh,
1: how could you?
2: I know, right? We wanted
1: to find out from the Queens on thirteen ten sixty. Do you agree? We've got Claire from New South Wales. What are your Hi. thoughts? Hi
4: Claire. Oh, look, I'm completely progress feeding, but the the whole nip slip. A little bit against that, unfortunately.
1: Okay. Um, no, look, we're open to all, you know, views and opinions. So is it that you're offended or embarrassed? Like, what is the sort of reaction that you feel if you see a nipple on social media?
4: Oh, To be honest, I'm probably more embarrassed. Um, not necessarily for the lady, but maybe more for myself. Um, so, as I said, I'm completely pro-breastfeeding, breastfeeding. Um, breastfeeding breastfed my eldest until she was three years old. Awesome. Um, however, I'm that woman that's in the gym and I don't want everyone to see me naked and I don't want to see other people's bits. And unfortunately, that extends for me right through the social media and right through to breastfeeding. Um, I don't expect you to cover up. Don't expect you to, you know, put a blanket over the child's head. Um, but the nip's just that little bit too far for me.
2: It makes you feel uncomfortable if you're in the change room and uh, you see a lady naked? absolutely. Interesting. Okay. Even if yeah. she's gorgeous. Even if
4: she's
2: a queen. Especially if she's gorgeous. <laughs> Can I ask you something? When you were growing up, was it a naked household? Like, were your folks naked? Were your siblings running around naked? Or was it more of a covered-up household? Um,
4: 50-50. But I have yep. to say, my household is super naked. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbour's husband saved me naked in my household by accident once.
1: So, okay, and, well, that's a new topic.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that one for next time. Yes. <laughs> um, Yeah, so a little 50-50 growing up, but I have to say, unfortunately, I still just think that um, on social media, just keeping it a little bit more hidden, but everything else is fine. It's just literally that whole nip slip.
2: What about a man's nipple? I
4: don't really want
2: to see a man's nipple either. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you're a nippleist, okay. is what we found
1: <laughs> out from you today. Well, look, thank you so much, Claire, for thank expressing you. your opinion. It's, uh, it's great to hear people that don't agree with Constance Hall from time to time. and <laughs> Every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Kate from New South Wales, what do you think? Uh, do you agree with Insta to get the nip off the gram? Hell
0: no. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Good. I... I think it's an absolute joke, which is why I did post a comment on the original post and thought, to hell with it. I'm going to put it out there, that Empowered Birth Project on Instagram, because they have got complete permission, however they did it, to put whatever they want on their page. And it is glorious. It is women and babies in all their glory. At the end of the day, the best we can do is not let them win. So someone will always have a problem with it. Don't stop posting videos of you loving on your baby. Support the breastfeeding people in our lives by reminding them and remembering for ourselves that when people scoff or look down at you or delete your post, it is never a reflection of you and the beautiful job you are doing. It is always, though, a reflection of them and their complete inability to deal with their own insecurities in an appropriate and humane way. And I just think them showing their true colours like that is far more embarrassing than a little nip slip could ever be. So. Oh,
2: thank you. I agree. I bloody love nipples. <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see what's wrong with them at all. Get them all out. No. Mine are out right now. Oh, I'm just my God, put them, put them away. Put I'm alone away. in the studio. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you so much, gorgeous.
1: What are your thoughts? Continue the conversation on our Facebook page. Search The Queen Sesh.
2: This is The Queen Sesh. We are lucky enough to be joined by the incredible archetypal therapist, Katie Eden Todd. She is my absolute favourite therapist. She's a total inspiration. She's the person I call when I'm having a nervous breakdown, the huh. only one who can pull me out of it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, beautiful woman. And that actually...
1: Oh, my pleasure. And that actually wasn't an exaggeration. She really no. does
2: call Katie in, in <laughs> times of crisis. Wedding morning, Wedding morning. That was a good one. I could
1: have put money that was going to happen. <laughs> so speaking about avoiding breakdowns, Katie, We want to talk about the excruciating conversations that we need to have. Tell us about those. Why do we need them?
5: Why do we need them? There are so many topics when you're in a relationship that are really tricky to discuss. And we've all got our techniques of how we avoid and we manipulate our partner to say, no, I'm not having this conversation. So we might do the cold, silent treatment. We might go, anyone relate to that? Yes. Uh, We might get very angry and arc up and say something that's completely irrelevant and I'm not doing that and and then get frozen out as punishment for having brought up the topic. Mm -hmm. So in relationships, I have noticed that we have a lot of do not discuss topics and different relationships have different ones where the partner has made it completely clear, I will not discuss this ever. Now, that's a real problem because that means that there are things that are never resolved. So that we have bricks being built between us all the time. We're either building together, we're coming towards each other or we're moving away. So say a difficult thing happens between a couple and one person's really upset about it and it's you can let go of some things but some things you can't. But we keep avoiding having the conversation about it. The other person might burst into tears. The other person might go, that's nothing, I just don't think that's an issue and do the denial drives me insane when I do couples sessions and I have one person say, well, I don't care about that, too bad. And to me, that's a cellmate relationship. That's where we've got two children in charge of what's going on. And I think soulmates, people who are adults, have excruciating conversations. They go there. They get past their prickliness, their defensiveness, their insecurities, and they really take on board what the other person's trying to say. And you find a compromise together, but you have to have lots of those conversations to have a really great relationship.
1: Mm, Otherwise, things like resentment and all sorts mm -hmm. of issues pop up. They do. Lots of
5: resentment. And uh, and then punishing behaviours start coming into the relationship. And this can be a very big issue that might not crack you right at that time, but in years to come, it builds up to such a degree that we never discuss that about money, about sex, about parenting the children this way, or about when you did this, I was really hurt and really upset and I'm never allowed to speak about it. So what do we do with that? Mm. So it's a really important thing that brave couples, to be an adult in a relationship is you have to get over yourself and you have to go and have the hard conversations and you have to get over those little defensive mechanisms, the tears, the anger, the cold treatment, the denial. You have to get past those things and say, what do we need to really get across here? Because then you get a lovely little burst of intimacy where when you get on the other side of that, you feel much closer with your partner. You feel, wow, I'm really safe here. I can be heard. I can be seen and heard. But children, when we're emotionally children, we're only interested in what we want. And if we don't want to change or we don't want to grow, we're just going to deny and avoid all the time.
2: Yes, yes. Does See, that makes sense? I find that really interesting that you say that um, we can't ha- have topics that we won't talk about because I've been in relationships where we have had a conversation that just could not happen anymore because every time yes. that we spoke it, we had different opinions and to the point where my partner at the time said, no, nah, no, nah, we don't talk exactly. about this anymore. Yeah. And I just felt like, oh, is that it? Like, that's so controlling. You can't just say, no, we don't talk about it anymore. In my current relationship, yeah. I have the problem where our... Um, our conversations are always the same and they don't go anywhere. Like, I'm not afraid to bring things up. Yes. And Denzi's, like, not afraid to put a pillow over his face while I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just sort of feel like we, we go round and round in circles if there are certain things that we will never agree on. Like, is there... The same
1: fights, you mean, over and over again.
2: Yeah, like, maybe it's something to do with parenting the kids or something to do with, like, his lack of housework or, you know, like, yes. something like that. And I just feel like that conversation... I just need the conversation to go to another level, We you need know? to go
5: to another level. And, you know, often we just go into denial. So perhaps what's happening there is he's denying how important the issue is that you're talking about. I think that happens a lot where for, some, some, for one person, this is really important to me that you help out with the housework and the other one goes, well, it's just not a priority for me. I don't care. Yeah. And that's not good enough. In a really good adult relationship, even if you don't think that's actually particularly important, If we love someone and if we're investing in the relationship, there's three people in a partnership. There's three entities. There's you and your partner and there's the joint. There's the three. And the investment Mm -hmm. in the couple is I will go, I will step out of my comfort zone to meet what you're saying is really important, like you need me to help every day and show that I am hearing you. You're not feeling heard. He might say he's being heard. I think the pillow on the face is probably a bit of a giveaway, Con. (coughs) Maybe the message (laughs) is not wanting to be. It's a visual (laughs) sign that I would read symbolically that I don't want to hear this and I don't don't want to change. So we can have a nice, pleasant child who's saying, oh, yeah, I'm listening, but they're actually not taking it on board. Listening means yeah. I get it and actions then come. Love is actions. Love is not words. Love is I actions. Really what will I do?
2: Advice. I love that. If it's important to someone that you love, it's important yes. to you. Then and it's even important even to the you couple. you it's silly.
5: Yeah. And when we dismiss it, you know, we've got ulterior motives like, I'm lazy, I, I can't be bothered changing no, I'm not prepared to do it. Well, that's the beginning of a crack. That's a beginning of a fracture. And it needs to be attended to because they tend to just keep going. You know, the fault lines keep cracking and then they become bigger blow ups and you're setting up problems for down the road. Whereas if we can get over ourselves and step up and be more adult and say, look, you really matter. We, the, the entity of we really matters. I will step up for that. And then what do you want me to do? What, what do you need from me that I might not find comfortable that would really show you that I am investing in us as a couple? That's a soulmate behaviour.
1: Oh, wouldn't
2: that be lovely? Sage
1: advice, as always. <laughs> Katie Eden, Todd, thank you so much for joining us on the Sesh this week. You can find out more from Katie at com. This is the
0: Queen Sesh. And
2: the end of the show is by far everybody's worst part of the whole week. Oh. But we li- <laughs> But we like to lift everyone's spirits with Queen Vice, where we give really poor advice mm-hmm. to queens in need. This very confused
1: Queen has messaged us on our Facebook page, The Queen Sesh, and she said, my partner of 11 years proposed. I'd always imagined it would be this really romantic proposal but felt deflated about the whole thing. He just sort of handed me the box and said, will you marry me then? With no emotion, just like he was asking what was for tea. (laughs) I faked some emotion and said yes, but I really just didn't feel like he wanted to marry me. Also, I don't like the ring. So and it 's a very long message i won 't go into too many more details, but basically she's asking, "Am I overthinking this? Are there any other queens that have felt this way?
2: I have mm. I have been proposed to on numerous occasions really if you if you met me you 'd understand <laughs> um, I've had a ring thrown at me before, okay, and yeah, by a drunk man who was like, "Are you going to marry me then or what?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Okay. but." These things happen. It Often you think maybe you're being precious but I don't think you are because I think that you can resent someone long-term for not giving you the moment if the moment's important to you. Mm. You know, it was only last night that I was watching a proposal and I was getting teary and I was thinking, you know, that was so gorgeous I'm so grateful that I had my moment where my husband picked me up in the water and uh, got down on his knees and did all that stuff. And so, yeah, if I was you, I'd just readdress it. I'd go, do you know what? Take two, mate. Do it again with a better ring. Okay.
1: <laughs> cause Con, you're the, you're the love champion. Whereas I'm, I'm the creep of doom. And I just kind of think if you're not feeling it, cause she's been engaged now. Sorry. I should add for five months. So if you, if, after five months, you're not feeling excited about the wedding and the relationship. It's only going to get harder and worse once you're married and you have kids.
2: Well, no, marriage won't make anything (laughs) harder. And relationships go through ebbs and flows. Always, They dip and they come back up. So she might just be, you know, the fact they're getting married is probably putting a little bit too much pressure on her. Mm. Marriage is just an extended relationship, you know. There's always divorce. We live in a free country. Yes. So if you love him, marry him. If you don't, you'll figure it out. Don't waste your money on a big wedding though. Because you love might be that. you might still be getting married a few more times. <laughs> Take it it takes you know? one to
1: know one, you know. Yeah.
2: You know? All right, well, hopefully
1: you got something from that. I feel like Con, <laughs> I'm like the evil Kermit and you're the good Kermit yeah. in this particular <laughs> You're evil queen Barbie voice.
2: and I'm hot, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that
1: is us for another week. Reach out anytime. Search The Queen Sesh on Facebook and you can find the full show in the podcast link there too. Have a beautiful week. And thanks for listening, Queens.
0: This is The Queen Sesh.